Greetings, listeners. Jonathan Harding here on Culture Club. Right, some things have happened in the gaming industry, so uh, let's discuss. Not too long ago, Polish game developer CD Projekt Red was hacked, and while quite a lot of information was taken for ransom, including, but not limited to, the source code of Cyberpunk 2077, the development and release of which I discussed not too long ago. Cyberpunk's source code was then auctioned off on the dark web for an unknown sum of money, though a cybersecurity firm was able to track down the auction site and have mentioned that the code was up for a minimum of $7 million, with a minimum offer increase of $500,000. This kind of reminds me what happened to Japanese developer Capcom last November, except they were hacked by a piece of ransomware. Uh, The hackers behind it ultimately shared all the information online. The hack included a wide variety of information, including the personal information of its employees, as well as internal schedules and even company policy. Suffice it to say, we learned a lot about how Capcom operates as a business. In large part, it happens to be much like any other Japanese company. No surprises there. Remember in the previous episode when I talked about Google Stadia? Well, Google shut their game development studios down, and now they can't fix the bugs in their game. Forbidden Planet, specifically, given how buggy it is. Well done, Google. In other leaky news, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege franchise was set to get another sequel sometime late last year, or early this year, we're not quite sure. Rainbow Six Quarantine was announced at E3 in June of 2019 and has not been heard from since. The game was set to focus on a viral outbreak of some kind that turns people into monsters or zombies, we don't quite know yet. That said... Some of the new key art and a title have leaked online. It is now called Rainbow Six Parasite. I'm sure the marketing department had quite the discussion and realized that calling it quarantine probably wasn't the best idea, given how most of us have spent the last 12 months or so indoors and well away from other people. Currently, there is no word on when Parasite will release, but many are expecting it to launch sometime later this year. Last week, games journalist Jason Schreier of Bloomberg broke the news that Electronic Arts were going to make a decision about the fate of Anthem. Anthem released in February of 2019 to terrible reviews and a not-so-nice public reception. The game was buggy, the gameplay wasn't particularly fun, there wasn't actually a lot to do in the game, and it could be finished in less than 20 hours. 20 hours is a fair amount of time, but when you consider that the game is following a games-as-a-service model, it's not nearly enough. Games like these need to have enough content to tithe players over until the next major update. Those are usually released every three to six months, depending on the developer. For comparison, Studio Massive, while working on two upcoming titles, has just announced that another full year's worth of content for The Division 2 is on the way. Developer Bioware have spent the last year and a half reworking the game from the ground up in an effort to salvage it. But as of recording this, EA has just announced that they're shutting the project down in favor of getting all their teams at Bioware to focus on future projects, such as the next Dragon Age, the upcoming Mass Effect Remaster, as well as the as-yet-unannounced but already teased Mass Effect sequel. Just the other day, Nintendo gave us their first Direct, a video detailing their future releases in over a year. Not a lot of people were pleased with it. They announced a new character for Smash, their premier competitive fighting game, but it was yet another sword-based character. The roster already has enough of those, so of course players were a little upset. 
Nintendo also announced Splatoon 3, which makes sense. While Splatoon 2 didn't exactly take the world by storm, Nintendo considers it one of their most important franchises, as Splatoon 2 itself sold over 11 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling games on the Nintendo Switch. Something Nintendo didn't tell us about was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, which they originally announced back in June of 2019, also at E3 during their last Direct. Fans were confident we'd hear more about it and that it would release this year, given that The Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary is on the horizon. Instead, we're getting a Switch port slash re-release of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the predecessor to the original Breath of the Wild. Skyward Sword is widely regarded as one of the worst Zelda games, and the leaks leading up to the Direct suggested the possibility of re-releases or even remakes of Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker i.e. two of the franchise's most beloved entries. We didn't get those either, so yay. Speaking of remasters, Blizzard is soon to be releasing Diablo 2 Resurrected, a remaster of the original Diablo 2, which released all the way back in 2000. Wow, I basically grew up playing this game. I f I, for some reason I thought it was later than 2000. Anyway, unlike their remaster of Warcraft 3, another game I used to love playing, They've promised to change as little as possible of the underlying game, and have also promised that any changes made to the remaster will not be retroactively applied to the original game. This is something they caught a lot of flack for with Warcraft 3 Reforged. And finally, in some Ubisoft-related news, since the release of the latest console generation last November, game publishers have been more seriously considering bumping up the price of their upcoming games from $60 to $70. For context, $60 has been something of an industry standard amongst large publishers for nearly two decades now. Even though industry-wide price fixing is illegal in many territories, the game industry came to an understanding and $60 has been the maximum for base copies of a game for quite some time. Many publishers do, however, get around this with special editions. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 had a special edition that, if I recall correctly, cost about $150. One of Ubisoft's executives recently said that they see $70 as pretty fair given the hours of entertainment provided by a video game when compared to other forms of entertainment. I find this quite scummy, considering how he's avoiding the fact that most Ubisoft games are crammed full of microtransactions, loot boxes, and paid downloadable content. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, their most recent release, is a prime example of this. Over half the item sets in the game are only available through the in-game cash-based shop and are being sold for a minimum of $20 a piece. Anywho, that sums up the last month or so of gaming news. Pretty soon I'm looking at doing a piece on some of the latest and greatest indie games of probably the last year or two, uh, as those are usually sold for far less than $60, and are often more enjoyable than anything the big publishers put out. Cheers.